Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Way Podcast. I'm Zenya and I am here with the wonderful... Jesse. And the fantabulous guest... Mateus. Come Mateus. on. Come on. Come on. First podcast, eh? Debut. Debut. Come on, are you I excited? So. I am very excited. Are you ready? I think so. It's a cool topic that we get to talk about today. Yeah. Mateus, who are you? Um, I'm Mateus. I'm a student. I'm 21 years old. Come on. Grew up in the UK, but I'm Brazilian. Hey. Big up Brazil. Yeah. Come on now. Come on, we saw you wearing that Brazil top earlier today. I was a bit cold, so I had to put on a jumper, but I wanted to represent. That's all right. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Next time. And today we are going to be talking about a lot of topics, actually. Christian dating. We're going to be talking about sex before marriage. We're going to be talking about practical things that we can do as Christians when we're dating, when we're in relationships, that type of thing. Um, and we're also going to be going onto the streets and asking people what they think and talking about that. So... Let's get into it. Should we get into it? Yes. <laughs> yes. What do you think about saving sex for marriage? My take is like, if you, you know, you know you're in a relationship, like that's going to last a long time, like beyond like marriage, like for life, pretty much. I think, you know, sex before marriage is fine. Um, I know obviously the Bible teaches differently. I think it's completely pointless, old fashioned, stupid just like yeah what's the point of saving may as well just have some fun i believe the bible says that you need to be pure for marriage but also in a way that it's respecting the other person i think um i say this i have a past bc but like i don't know i think um it's honoring to the other person personally it's not really for me but like that's just a kind of decision that i make on my life and then everyone else makes their own decisions and you respect it I see a lot of value in, in, in keeping sex as something that's very sort of sacred and not, maybe not sleeping around. And, but whether it's now designed for marriage or just a long-term relationship that you're committed to, I don't know, it's a tricky one. For me, it's just more of an interaction that I have with a certain person, but obviously some people will see it as a different thing and we all interpret things differently. But as long as it's purely fully consensual and it's a good relationship, then it doesn't really matter. In an ideal world, you probably would want to wait till then to figure it out with your partner. I mean, I personally don't agree with that. Why do you personally not? Because I don't, I don't know, I feel like sex is very, it's a very important factor in a relationship. And I think you've got to try it out to kind of figure out who you are, what do you like, what do you not like. You know, we live in a world where one-night stands are very common, that's very normalised. But as I'm getting older, honestly, I really do understand and I can appreciate more um, how much better and fulfilling it is to kind of wait and be in a, in a fulfilling relationship. I agree with it. I think that it can be good and it can like really strengthen marriage. But I also have no problem with anybody that like does that. I think it's a personal choice. So today we are going to be talking about Christian relationships. We're going to be talking about sex outside of marriage. Hey. We're going to be talking about what happens if we have had sex outside of marriage. Oh. And we're going to be talking about what this means for our relationships. Boom. And so with that being said, let's talk to Mateus. Oh, our guest, Mateus. Mr. Brazil, tell us, relationships, how have they been? And let me actually say it in a more serious way. Um, tell us about, like, I guess any relationships you've had in the past, like any serious ones? Wait, any I'm in a relationship one? right now. Ooh. I just want to bring it up to Flex. Come on, Flex oh. that. Flexing on both of you. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. That, that's nuts, Mateus. But what was, what was your question? I just want to bring it up. Yeah. Um, tell us about your relationship experience. 
I mean, I, I didn't have many relationships growing up. I think I had a, I had a lot of situationships. You know, mm -hmm. when you're a teenager and you like blow up this crush like way out of proportion and then you believe it's like the next thing that's going to lead you to marriage <laughs> and whatever. I had a lot of those. A very romantic person. And so I had a lot of crush. No, no, as in like. Soft heart. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, I, I romanticized a lot. I romanticized a lot when I was young. And mm. so I had a lot of crushes and those crushes were like the one for me mm. until the next crush came. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, many of those, but not, not any serious relationships. And so when I was growing up, I, uh, yeah, th that was my experience really. Mm. Any funny stories? <laughs> funny stories. Of any of those ones. Any of the ones that... <laughs> the ones. I mean, I remember going bowling with this girl and she brought a friend over to because she was scared. We were like, we were like 15, 14, I don't remember. Yeah. But I, we went bowling and she brought a friend because she was scared. And then um, turns out I actually liked her friend. And so <gasps> oh. I started a situation with her friend. But... <gasps> In my in my defense, crazy. I was very naive and uh, didn't know better. So, freaking rookie mistake from from this girl bringing her friend. Yeah, did, did the they, friend did like the you? friend like you as well? Yeah, both both of these girls had had a two and one. Crazy. Yeah. Did she like you back? Yeah, she did like me back. Both both of the girls liked me, and that was the problem. But I didn't know <laughs> that either of the girls liked me, and so I arrived. Oh kind of very naively or maybe maybe I had an idea or I, I enjoyed the attention but I arrived quite naively and just going bowling and then this friend's there I was like oh sick but then I I think I preferred the friend and so mm. I pursued I pursued her friend oh but it was unfortunate for the girl that invited me because she even paid for my bowling oh. at that time <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy so was, yeah. she basically paid for you to go on a date with her friend yeah she set up the whole situation. Definitely. That's kind of sad. And I'd never talked to her friend before that as well. Oh. Oh, mate. Yeah. That was hilarious. That was a great story. Yes. All right, Zen. You've baited Mateus out. I'm going to bait you out. Bait me. Any any stories? Um, <laughs> I mean, when I was in school, there was one guy that I liked, but we didn't really have a good relationship because we just didn't treat each other really nicely. So that was when I was like 16. Um, but now, like... I don't know. I find it, I do find it hard to like speak to people because I don't know if anyone else relates, but you just never know if someone likes you back. So it's like, why am I even going to bother? Because like, you probably don't like me. So I'm Good not going to put myself in that mm -hmm. situation to be embarrassed. Mm. You know? It's vulnerable. Yeah. It's vulnerable. Telling someone you like them. And then just for them to be like, you're a great friend. Oh, <laughs> you're a brother in Christ. No, that's oh, no. literally that's the, the worst. worst no, sorry, not for me. Not not right now. Mm. Got to build my build up that strength. You Happens know that resilience. All of us as well. Savagery. Yeah, it's not great. What about I mean, you, Jesse? Not all of us. Yeah, facts. Oh. <laughs> facts. Again with the flex, Mateus. I was actually talking about you, Jesse. What, mate? Mate, heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. Oh. I'm not joking. Allegedly. Definitely not. Crazy. Wild accusations. <laughs> Allegedly. Did I break your arm? Wild accusations. <laughs> um, no, I haven't had loads of experience in relationships. Uh, I had one girlfriend in my life for two months, which was what it was. Um, didn't work out. That's that's about it. I didn't have loads of situationships either. I I did have a crush for a few people, but like, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of know when it's going to develop or when it's not. I feel mm. quite early on. Mm. Can I ask a question? 
Sebateus. I want to ask you, um, now that you're in a relationship, like how do you navigate dating as a Christian man? The one thing that I always come back to, and it's maybe a bit boring or a bit basic, but it's the golden rule as Christians to love um, our neighbor as ourselves, right? Mm. And I think it doesn't change at all when we're dating. Uh, we're called to be like Christ, uh, even in the dating relationship. And I think being a Christian and walking with Jesus in a relationship with my girlfriend, I've really learned what it is to love someone uh, as it is that I would like to be loved, as, mm. I, would, I, was, as I would like to receive it. Um, and that's really been valuable and it's been valuable in our relationship, mm. especially because in our society, we are so focused on, on what can we receive from the relationship? You know, what can we get? But actually, when we reflect Christ, it, it starts becoming what can we, what can we, how can we love? Mm. How can we serve this person? Mm. And so that's really been helpful. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. What's some hardships of like being a Christian in the dating scene? Mm. Mm. Well, not in the scene. In the scene. <laughs> in in, <laughs> in the whilst relationship. dating someone. <laughs> I think being a Christian gets hard, you know, because we're called to be set apart. We're called to be, we're called to be different and we're called to be holy right and that's mm. and that's hard and it's it's probably like quote unquote easier if we would just do what we wanted when we wanted right but being a christian we need to pick up some of those hardships um mm. and so that means in times when you don't feel like you, you you should do something um but you but you need to because it's the right thing then you need to do it uh, and then in other times when you do think you should do so or you want to do something but you can't because it's the wrong thing you know life is filled with temptations and especially when you're in a relationship. And so um, maybe some of the, one of the things that you have to deal with in a relationship is those temptations. And sometimes mm. it is hard, um, but that's okay because we don't operate in our own strength. I think mm. um, we operate in Christ's, Christ's strength. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I just don't know how to segue into anything else. Danny James. That was really good. I'm to ask you a question. Me? Do you feel ready for a relationship? I actually do, you know, mm. like I actually do, but like, I'm also just letting God do his thing. Like, I think we can get really frustrated when like you like someone, they don't like you. Then it's like, okay, cool, God. Then you find someone else, you're like, oh, they're really cool. Then they don't like you back. And you're like, okay, fine, whatever. And then the same thing happens again and again and again and again and again. Oh. And it's just like, God, what okay. are you doing? <laughs> but for real no but that's so real um but oh. i just feel like now at this point like you just got to work on yourself like god will bring like the right person to you mm. at the right time or yeah he will bring the person the right one for you to look at at that moment in time and be like yeah this is my person but um until then who are you focusing on becoming? And something that I think about now is like, okay, yeah, I want to be in a relationship, but am I the person that my person would want to be in a relationship with? So like, rather than sitting here and be like, God, why is there no one here? No, actually, okay, what is the person that my person would want to be like? And am I that person? Like, am I kind? Am I generous? Am I giving? Am mm. I um, attentive? Am I intentional? Like mm. all these things, all these good qualities, that's what we should be focusing on now. And the right person will come just focus on mm. you be you be the you that god created you to be and then your person will come for you mm. what do you find hard about Deep. christian men <laughs> i just think oh lord um i think, 
I think um, the hardest thing, okay, I don't know if this makes sense, but um, like the Bible does talk a lot about how like men are like the pursuers and like a man will leave his father and mother and like will go find his wife or like and the two will come one and all that stuff. Um, but then sometimes it's like, okay, but if I like someone, should I say anything? Because I'm not supposed to, like, it's not my role to be the pursuer, but like, if I like someone, am I just supposed to sit here and just hmm. act all silly and just wait for something to happen? And I think my hard thing, the hardest thing for me is like not being pursued or being like, am I just, am I just bread? Like, am I just a side dish that no one is pursuing me? Like, or the guy is just like sitting there and you're trying to make it obvious that you like him and he just doesn't do anything. It's like, am I bread? Am I flour? Like, why are you not doing anything? So I think that's the hardest thing for me is just sometimes you feel a little bit helpless like oh i'm just here but i guess it's just oh sorry i guess it's just like that's not the right person for you and the right person to pursue you that sees that value in you and sees like that you are intentional that you do have love that you are giving they will see that and then that will be the time but now it's just not the time you know if that, i don't know if that makes sense but it's trusting the lord yeah in his timing and and we have seasons in our life it's moments where we are meant to be in relationships and moments when we're not and those moments when we're not a tough when you want to be in a relationship, you know, and it's what you said, you got to focus on God, focus on looking at him and becoming more like, more like him. Mm. And he blesses your, our desires a mm. lot of the time, you know, but we got to trust him. Trust him. Trust my guy. Mm -hmm. mm. All right, Jesse, <laughs> riddle me this. Mm. You're a handsome fellow. Don't, don't start laughing. <laughs> the laughing off camera is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a violation of people laugh. You are handsome. You've only been in one relationship. <laughs> Why is that, man? What's 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 what's, what's happened? What's that been like for you? Um, well, there's definitely been people um, throughout my years that I've I've liked, and I've thought, wow, maybe this person is like worth pursuing. Um, but I I think there's so much in the Bible which talks about how it's actually a gift to be single, and how it's even sometimes better to be single. And for me, I I feel like I, I love singleness. I love having evenings alone with God. I have love not having loads of responsibility and looking after or or even having to like give loads to to a girlfriend financially, physically, emotionally. Um and although there are times where I, I do feel like this loneliness and this weight of like, oh man, I would love to have a partner. I do know that singleness is really good for me. And I think some people because they're so because most of what they've known is like relationships and they jump between relationships all the time they actually miss out in the breathing space and the singleness that god really speaks to you through and i think like i don't know as men it was interesting what you were saying Zenia, about how like oh, i wish men would just pursue me and like i think that's totally true that when you like someone i think you you need to be unapologetic and like you need to pursue them but sometimes that also looks like pursuing friendship and like figuring out oh is this actually worth worth deep pursuit and if you've got an off feeling about it maybe it's not right mm. maybe it's not worth continuing on just to figure something out mm. um so like for me when when i've liked someone in the past and i even if they they seem like a good fit and like there are some things that ch check the boxes or whatever however you want to describe it <laughs> check the boxes but um you know I sometimes pray about it and just feel like, oh, this doesn't actually feel good. Mm. So I'm gonna be quite intentional with not hanging out one-on-one -on -one or not giving mixed signals. And I'm gonna like 
to like chat to them and be like, hey, just to clarify we're friends, if there's been any kind of tension in that. Um, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. kind of how I see it. Because um, singleness is great. I love, I love being single. I want to be single my whole life. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Fellian quotes. Crazy. Um, my next question to you guys is about, you know, the big S word, you know, hmm? sex. Um, but in all seriousness, in our culture, like whenever we talk about relationships, like the first thing that people talk about is sex. Like you see it in music mm. videos, you see it in like rom-coms, you see it everywhere. Like relationships are always linked to the concept of sex. And like growing up as a teenager, like in school or whatever, have you ever felt like that pressure? Like, oh, I'm in a relationship, like I have to have sex. Like, was that a thing in your friendship group? Was that a thing around you? Like, what did you see, Mateus? Oh, definitely. I feel like because of our exposure as as teens to like sexualization of of everything right mm. we start wanting like teenagers want to be adults right they just want to be big mm. uh, big people and so you you start wanting to uh you to to experience the things that you're seeing and in school uh, the pressure of having sex in a relationship was very much there mm. it was like almost like a rite of passage you know you want to you want to lose your virginity and then uh, and then that's when you've made it and that's when when you've you've reached your like your indulgement fulfillment mm. um and that creates this this mindset in you as a teenager that that's where your worth is found mm. um but of course we know it's not the case but yeah that's definitely it was definitely real you know that mm. pressure um you similar jess yeah yeah it was it was similar um but I, I was a Christian quite young, and I'd grown up in a Christian household. So I'd say my view of sex was always actually quite biblical. Mm. It was always, oh, this is meant for marriage. This is meant to. This is a good thing. Sex is a good thing that's meant to build in and feed to a marriage and to glorify God. And so even when I was kind of going a bit rogue when I was like thirteen, you know, I was I was still quite young, and so I wasn't really it it wasn't really a thing that everyone was practicing yet. Um, there are a few and those, I mean, there were a few at 13. That's ridiculous. But because I really met with God and started on fire, like walking for the Lord when I was like 14, I just never, I don't know. It was never something that I felt the pressure from. Um, though it was always still a, a temptation in itself. Yeah. Mm. Cause just cause you don't feel the pressure from peers doesn't mean you don't feel the pressure from, you know, the enemy or Satan or whoever mm. you want to call him or mm. label him. Um, I definitely felt as though there were, there were temptations at points, but also when I was 15, I went into lockdown. So the, the, the possibility yeah. of like oh, actually like struggling with it with, with another person was pretty slim. Mm. Um, other than like online, which I did struggle with a bit, but yeah, so I I don't know. I've mm -hmm. I never felt the peer pressure from friends, but yeah. I definitely would have felt the peer pressure from the enemy. I'd say. Mm. What are you saying? Thanks for sharing that. Um, I think for me, the most confusing thing was the fact that like, like I know obviously we know what the world said. The world says about like relationships and sex and stuff, and like oh you should just go and do it whatever. But then like. Christians were supposed to be set apart, like you said, we're supposed to be holy, but then it would confuse me because I knew so many Christians that weren't actually living that set apart life and were right. actually like, like having sex in relationships and doing things and stuff. So it confused me because when I was like a baby Christian at that time, because I 
gave my life to Christ at 17. Mm. And so like going into uni and like all your friends are like going to church on Sunday and like they always talk about how like they're Christian and they read their Bible and stuff, but then they're having sex. And I'm like so confused. I'm like, am I supposed to be doing that? Like, is that really what the Bible says? Like, is this what Christians are supposed to do? Like I was so confused. Mm. And then when I actually went to the Bible and read what Paul writes and stuff like that, then it made more sense. But I was like, why are Christians not doing it? Like, mm. and not to generalize for all Christians, because obviously there are Christians that are walking this like holiness out mm. but like why are not all christians doing it and actually those christians can have an impression on baby christians because then i thought oh yeah that's normal like that's what people do like that's what you're supposed to do but actually that's not true so for me like the pressure didn't really come from the world it was just a lot of confusion from mm. other christians wow. who like i'm supposed they're supposed to be helping me grow my faith that's interesting Zenia, because i think i remember having a similar experience at my youth group where there was, a, there was a lot of confusion around the topic. Mm. Um, but I really do believe that when we turn to scripture, a lot of that confusion is, is, is settled. Mm. Mm. Um, so I wonder whether we can turn to, to some, some passages to see what the Bible says about it. I mean, the Bible has so much to talk about sex. Um, God doesn't see it as this taboo topic or he doesn't want to cast loads of shame. Actually, he invites us to to deal with it and he wants to help us through it because it's such an important thing and mm. it's such a difficult thing for a lot of people. And um, one scripture that we're drawing from today um, is from 1 Corinthians 6 where it says, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Mm. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make the members of a sex worker? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a sex worker becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. There is so much to get out of this. Heavy. What do you think, Zen? Where do you want to start? Um, I think the main thing that jumped out to me was in, uh, I think it's verse 18. I might not be able to see because, you know, my eyes are not that great. But um, it says, no, 17. It says the person who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. And I think with the whole thing of like sexual immorality and like just sex itself, like sex is designed by God to be done in the covenant of marriage. Like everything that God makes has a purpose and it has a reason and a place to be, to be used, to be fruitful. Um, and so that's the place for sex. But then if you take part in sex outside of marriage, this passage particularly talks about how when we do things that God has designed for a particular place and done it outside of that place, it actually draws us further away from God and it's actually more harmful for us. <clears throat> it's actually more harmful for us and it's more harmful for our relationship with God than anything else. And, you know, as Christians, like we love Jesus, we love the Lord. And so our relationship with God should be the most important thing above all other things. And so everything we do in life should be in the light of making sure my relationship with God is intact, you know? And so if we're having sex outside of marriage, actually we're pulling ourselves more away from God than we are pulling ourselves towards him. Um, which is the most damaging thing. And I, so I think for this, it's like, okay, cool. Sex is a good thing. Like God wants us to have sex, but within the covenant of marriage. And so that's what we need to like focus on and how, like if I'm doing stuff, is it going to benefit my relationship with God or is it going to pull me away from him? So yeah, that's what I was thinking. And that's almost the crux of, of everything we do. That's the reason we do it, right? Mm. We don't, of course there are, there are consequences if we, if we choose not to obey God's commandments, but on, 
ultimately it's not about the commandments in themselves. It's about us being near to God. God wants to draw us near to him. And this is one thing that draws us away from him, as you said. Um, and I find it really helpful to think about like that as well, because instead of looking at the sin and focusing on, on what the sin will do, I, it's, we focus on Jesus and he's, he's what brings us away from it. Mm. And I guess that's our hope, right? Where, when, when we think about Jesus and when we think about what we believe in, the hope is that we know that Jesus' blood has come to redeem all things mm. and make all things new. Yeah. And when we focus on Jesus, it, it, it becomes about that redemptive spirit that he brings. And the truth is, the truth of the Bible, at least, is that when Jesus does come to renew all things, this includes our, our, our sexual sins as well. And he, he makes us new. Mm. Uh, and that there is hope and there is good news um, for, for all people. Mm. doesn't matter what your experience has been. Um, doesn't matter how far maybe you have gone or how far you haven't mm. gone or what you've thought or what you've seen. Jesus calls us to be new. Mm. He calls us to be new bodies uh, and he, he refreshes us, mm. um, makes us holy like he is. Mm. Uh, and that's really hopeful. Um, that's, that's, it's good news, really. Mm. And I think something I'd love to speak on is just how uh, God doesn't, you know, put this in place just because he wants to put it in place. He, he wants to put it in place for us as well. Mm. It's like actually say like having sex within marriage is is the best way it can be had. And he doesn't create sex before marriage just as a boundary line. Also, when Jesus comes, he says, I'm not here to, you know, look at all the laws and make sure you've ticked all the boxes, but I'm here to look at your heart. Mm. Um, and I think another topic that, that is within sex before marriage is like boundaries in terms of even within a relationship. Uh, how far can I go? Mm. How often do you hear that question? Mm. Uh, oh, how far can I go with my girlfriend? Cause I'm a Christian and I know this is the line. Um, actually God also really looks at the heart. And so if your heart is always to go as far as you can, I think it would grieve Jesus mm. to be honest. And, encouragement for for people listening who are like how far can i go what's the limits what's the rules um i think you just got to remember that, that god died for your heart god died for you mm. and would you ask god on the cross like okay how far can i go before i i hurt you on that cross wow. or would you recognize like oh actually i don't i don't even want to push it i just want to try and live holy and pleasing to god i mean a great chapter is one thessalonians 4 mm. where reading it out it says finally then brothers we ask and urge you we urge you in the lord jesus that as you've received from us how you ought to walk and how to please god just as you are doing that you do more and more it's saying just as you are walking with god and pleasing god we urge you to do more mm. and more That's go good. above go above what you can do for you know what instructions we gave you through the lord jesus for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you will know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, mm. because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to for impurity, but in holiness. Good. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives the, his Holy Spirit to you. 
And I think also, you know how you were saying in the scripture, like God calls us to like chase him more and more. Like mm. actually God does call us to a higher standard. Like you mm. said before, I love the word holy, but like because we are holy, because we are set apart and because we are pursuing God and like chasing Jesus, God calls us to like, to chase him in a way. Like we're not like the world, like God wants us to pursue him. And he gives us like almost like standards to not chase but to allow us to keep our eyes up and look at him. Mm. And I think it's hard when we're like young people trying to figure this thing out, like figure out how to pursue Jesus in the best way, how to be holy. And I think for us and for those watching, like to encourage you, like maybe go out this week or in your friendship groups and actually be like, actually, no, like we're going to commit to this. Like you're a Christian, I'm a Christian. Let's actually encourage each other. Let's help each other. Mm keep our eyes on Jesus and like pursue him in the best way. And like, even if you have to have like a difficult conversation with someone, actually that's allowing you to be pulled more towards Jesus than actually mm. be pulled away. And so maybe this can like encourage you to like mm. keep each other accountable and keep each other strong in your walk. And practically, um, I'd say one verse that stuck out within this is uh, abstain from sexual immorality, immorality that each one of you know how to control his own bodiness in holiness and honor. Mm. Um, Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. If you're struggling to control your own body, mm. spend time with God, yeah. read more of the Bible, spend more time um, just listening to worship music and, and worshiping him. Cause you've got to trust that as you begin this process of sanctification, as it talks about here, these things will begin to fall away because it's hard to control your body is hard. We're not dismissing the fact that Flesh to do sweet. these kind of things yeah. is, 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 it isn't easy. It is a hard thing, which is why people like dismiss it so much. They're like, Oh, it's so hard. It's not even worth the fight. It is worth the fight. Yeah. It is worth the fight. And how you do so is you spend more time knowing him. Yeah. And if you mess up or equally, if your friend messes up, there is abundant grace mm. for it, you know, we are never, and, and I mentioned this before, we are never too far gone for, for God's grace. And it, he mm. always washes, it always washes us clean mm. and always renews us. We have some questions that you guys have sent in for us to ask today. And the first one for you, Zen, is, is it a sin to have sex with my fiance? Don't want to break your heart, but yeah. Why break my heart? <laughs> oh, whoever's asking this question, don't want to, don't want to break your heart. But um, if you're having sex and it's not within the covenant of marriage, then you are stepping outside of God's design i.e. you are in sin but you can have grace for that god's not gonna be mad at you he doesn't hate you um you're not too far gone like Mateus was saying before like there's grace for that repentance turn away you know seek the lord ask god how to move on from this or holy spirit give me the strength to like stop engaging in sex outside of marriage um and he will help you so yeah and if you're engaged you're almost there you're like just wait. <laughs> You're going to get married soon. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the next question, is premarital eye contact okay, Mateus? <laughs> Can you... Oh, 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 oh my oh. God. I can't, I can't look at you. Um, it'll, no, it's, I mean, no, yes, it is okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it actually says that for up to 15 seconds it's fine past that you you've gone too much really yeah. why does it say that in second opinions second opinions <laughs> <laughs> perfect and um and it's questions three questions then yeah do you get have crushes very often yes 
Ideal. You're perfect for this then. How do you handle a crush in a God-honoring way and not let it spiral out of control? Check that heart. Do, 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 do. You have to ask God, God, am I thinking about this crush too much? Is this crush taking up mental space? Are they living in my head rent-free? Then God will be like, yeah. And then you'd be like, so God, what do I do? And then God says, pursue me, think about me, chase me. And then the more you focus on God, the less you focus on other things. So yeah, that's something that I've had to do. And also it's not a bad thing to have a crush as well. Like God wants us to like, if you desire to be in a relationship, then you're gonna have crushes on people. You're gonna be interested in people. It's not a bad thing, but how much mental energy are you giving towards that crush? How much are you thinking about that? And are you actually thinking about that more than God? That's the real question. Mm. So yeah, bless you for asking that question. Um, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, let me ask you this. How do you help your godly friends overcome this sin or temptation? Or follow-up question, how do you lovingly rebuke <laughs> your sisters and brothers in Christ when you know they're falling into temptation? What do you do? I don't think it's wrong to call out your friends on things that are bad, mm. um, especially when you back it with what the Bible says. If you try to do anything and be like, oh, I don't think that's right, they'll be like, well, I think it's okay. Whereas if you actually say, hey, man, I've noticed you've been slipping like... But look, read this. This will really help. Uh, and from that, how to help, you can you know, create an accountability group chat or you can meet up with them every week or something and be like, hey, mate, how's this going? Um, and also be vulnerable yourself. Yeah. Don't expect vulnerability from them and not yourself. Um, but another thing, we, we were talking about God's character a few weeks ago um, and how he can be slow to anger. And actually, it's really easy to get angry at your friends when they keep making the same mistake. But actually, God is gracious. God is kind. He's slow to anger. So that should be our posture as well. That's let's great. be gracious. Let's be forgiving mm. and be slow to get annoyed at what they're doing. Mm. Really good. Mateus, should we ask you the final cue? Okay, Mateus, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on dating non-Christians? I don't really think it's, it's not my original thought. I didn't come up with it. It says it in the Bible. It calls us not to be unequally yoked. Um, but funny, I thought it was talking about eggs the first time I read it. But clearly it wasn't. It was talking about kind of cattle and how they are connected to each other via this tool, right? This yoke. And mm. God is calling us to be connected with people that would be able to, to push this yoke together with us. Mm. Um, and that means that when we are pursuing people, the Lord's desire for us is that we would be with people that have the same desire uh, or the same heart as us, um, the same devotion to to holiness as as we do. And so that boils down to no. You know, we, we shouldn't be in relationships with people that are not Christian if we believe we are followers of Jesus. Got that fire. Matthias, the final question. What is the best way to keep God at the centre of a relationship? Ooh. Mm. That's, I remember I was in a, I'm not sure if I'll have to tell a story. I will anyway. I was in a way interview, uh, my maybe my only way interview, and I was asked, what was a quality you wanted to see in someone else? And I, and I said, the quality I want to see in someone else is that I want them to love God more than they love me, even mm. though that's a tough pill to swallow. And mm. I think that is one way, one of the key things that we want to see in Christian relationships is that God is the most important person. Mm. We, we, we're important to each other, but ultimately God is above everything. Mm. Um, 
And so his authority, he, he has authority and he has dominion. Mm. And so a great way to keep God at the center is just to keep him as the authority. Mm. We, we, are, we are subject to him. And that really helps. Mm. Fire. That's cool. That was amazing. I like that a lot. Yeah, Mateus, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. We've absolutely loved having you here. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I know we didn't touch on every single scripture in the Bible. Uh, there's a lot to be said around this topic that we didn't say, but also we we hope that some of the stuff we said really impacted you or maybe related to you. And um, yeah, we're all just figuring it out as well, aren't we? And uh, yeah, make sure you tune in next week. We've got some more content coming, which is very fun and very exciting. So see you soon.